Welcome to the We Date Modern podcast, a fresh approach to modern dating with clarity and confidence. I'm Chanel Dokun, a relationship expert trained in marriage and family therapy. Each week on the podcast, I'll be hosting a somewhat irreverent conversation about love, sex, and marriage from a Christian perspective. I believe healthy relationships are possible, but we have to create them together. Thanks for joining us. So on today's podcast, I'm joined by Jen, who is a clinical psychologist here in New York City. And I really wanted to have Jen on, aside from the fact that she's just an expert in almost all things, um, and I really enjoy her. Uh, We've been able to work together in the past. We've done some racial reconciliation workshops together and um, kind of partnered for this big event, um, the Hope Gathering here in New York City. Um, But I wanted to bring Jen on in particular because of um, her experience with cross-cultural dating. And um, I think that it's that she has a lot to share with us in that space from her own personal experience, but also maybe just some of the larger principles that maybe we can glean um, from her experience as a psychologist. So, Jen, why don't you tell us a little bit about your background in terms of ethnic identity and maybe what your experience has been like uh, from dating men of different ethnicities in the past? Sure. Um, Thanks so much for having me on the podcast, Chanel. This is such an honor. Um, So, yeah, my name is Jen. Um, I'm 35 years old. I identify as Taiwanese-American and Asian-American. I've dated um, a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I've dated Asian men, um, white men. I dated one black man. And um, it's really been a learning experience and um, dating with intention, dating with the intention of getting married. Um, And it's been hard, um, to be honest. And Mm. um, but I think after each dating experience, I'm starting to understand more what I want and what God may want for me and continuing to just trust in in that. Yeah. I think when we talk about cross-cultural dating, um, or I should say when we talk about Christian dating, we often just kind of create this barrier or bar of if the person's Christian, then that's what I need. And then we can probably move forward because we're probably aligned because we share the same faith. And we often ignore uh, the impact of different culture or different ethnicity on how that may shape or influence kind of our uh, happiness in a relationship. So I'm curious from your perspective, since you've personally dated people that are outside of your um, ethnic identity, uh, what are some of the issues that you feel have crept up in dating somebody of a different culture? Yeah, I think there, you know, there are many issues that are probably more subtle than we let on. And I agree with you. I think we always start off with using that filter of, I want to find someone who has the same value system as I do. Um, but as, as well, I guess I'll speak personally for myself, um, as an Asian American woman, um, dating someone outside of my culture, um, the challenges have often been around communication, um, different cultural values, different traditions, and finding a way to bridge those things. And just as an example, um, you know, I dated a man previously where we had very different ways of greeting our families. Mm -hmm. And we had talked about it before I met his family and he met my family. And I'm glad we did because there would have been a lot of 
mishaps and um, yeah, mishaps that would have happened if we hadn't talked about it. So mm-hmm. for his family, you know, it was very important to greet each family member kind of by age and to make sure that you kiss them on the cheek, that there was a lot of physical touch. Um, in, in Asian culture, that is a total taboo. <laughs> you know, if so he was very uh, new to that. He didn't realize that. And so that was something that I was very glad that we talked about. And so we were able to kind of make sure we didn't have that happen. But um, in general, I think communication is often difficult. Um, if you're coming from more of a collectivistic culture, you're thinking about the whole, about how are you saving face? How are you representing your family versus a more individual culture where it's about just the individual and um, not how this person might represent their whole family? Mm. That's a really fascinating thing. I mean, I definitely relate to this. Um, when I started dating my husband, so mm-hmm. for those of you who don't know, I'm not sure if I've shared this on the podcast, my husband is Nigerian and he was actually born in Nigeria, moved to the States when he was five years old. And so by all intents and purposes, he seems like your typical black New Yorker. Um, And I think that, you know, he's a believer and was raised in a Christian home. And so we do connect a lot in terms of our faith background. Uh, But there are moments where uh, I'm like, wow, your Nigerian nature is really showing, right? And I see (laughs) the differences of what it means to be um, one from an immigrant family. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, uh, you know, being Nigerian is very different than being a black, like African American. Right, right. And so, my family expectations are very different. Um, and so, one of the things that, or one of the ways that that impacted our dating relationship is he didn't really tell his parents about me mm-hmm. for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, he's the youngest son. And so you're kind of thinking, as you mentioned, of being in that more collectivistic culture of how does uh, my dating this person influence or impact the whole family? Yeah. What choices am I making in that? Also, it's just very disrespectful to kind of keep bringing, you know, bringing this parade of women through the home. So <laughs> I was really the only woman that he like brought home. Oh, wow. And I remember being so anxious about uh, the first time that I was going to meet his parents Mm -hmm. because uh, they definitely have those little rituals of bowing and, uh, you know, there's certain words that you're supposed to say and uh, certain language is reserved for certain people and um, what you call, I mean, he calls his mom and dad or mommy and daddy and uh, giving titles to people and, Mm -hmm. you know, it's not just oh, this is, you know, my brother John, or this is John, you know, that it's always brother John, you know, and those kinds of things that um, are just a little bit more um, ordered than what I'd experienced. And I love what you said about having had that communication with the guy that you were dating prior to going into that situation, Mm -hmm. because I think that influences everything, Um, how prepared you are. Uh, So I'm just wondering, how did you kind of talk about that how did it come up did he kind of let you know that that was going to be a difference or did you kind of raise it did you sit down and have an organized conversation about it or was it kind of like three minutes before walking in the door like oh she's going to do this (laughs) it was a very intentional conversation so um you know I guess I'll reveal that that particular person um he identifies as black and what's interesting is you know so and I'm Asian I I've said that three times now. <laughs> so I think dating another person of color, it's it's a very easy conversation to have because 
the difference is stark, um, it's obvious, and um, that was the basis of a lot of how we actually started to date, was that we recognized that we were different, and we wanted to get to know each other, and there was a curiosity there. Uh, versus, I will say, when I've dated white men, it's that hasn't been a very intentional conversation, or it's been a conversation that I have had to push to kind of say, okay, this is my culture, this is a little different from yours. Um, there wasn't really that much of the curiosity that there was with dating this black man. Um, so I think the intentionality around, okay, I want to know about you, I want to know what your family's like, uh, that helped to open that door to have that conversation. That's really great. I think that is um, something that's unique about being from maybe a minority culture or, you know, from a, um, another culture where it's like I'm dating another person of color where I think we do tend to have these conversations a little bit more often. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I, I like what you said about having the posture of curiosity mm-hmm. as opposed to, um, you know, how do I, uh, how am I not fearful of what I'm about to experience, right. but how right. can I maintain that posture of curiosity as I go into this um, because I think that allows us to be open and to not receive things that are different from Mm -hmm. a place of either anger or fear Mm -hmm. or frustration Mm -hmm. um, but just simply that we're getting to know this other person and getting to know their world and um, there's so much that we can learn that might possibly enrich that relationship Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, you know I know with with my husband now husband and at the time boyfriend it was really interesting to see how he related in this more kind of hierarchical family structure that I didn't have mm-hmm. um and I was really actually impressed and drawn to that mm-hmm. I think it was one of the things that led to us getting married I mean not the ultimate thing yeah. but knowing that that would be a part of our lives for the long haul was a really beautiful thing and I think if he had just said you know at the outset hey, you know, when you go meet my mom, make sure you, like, get down and, you know, you kind of do a little bow or whatever. I would have been like, what? Um, But I think the fact that he was like, hey, you know, here's kind of where that's coming from. Mm -hmm. We really believe in respecting people in this way and we want to honor everyone and we think it's important to know your place in this family. and, um, And that's not from a limiting place, but actually from a it's so freeing when you know exactly what the rules and kind of rituals are of the moment. And so that allows people to love one another really well. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like the two of you were really able to communicate that openly Mm -hmm. and to not, um, not make any judgments beforehand. Mm -hmm. And I think that can be hard too in cross-cultural relationships when we encounter something very different from what we're used to. Um, and to, again, have that kind of open posture. And I think when we tend to jump to assumption or judgment around, well, that's weird, or that's not how my family does things, I think that's when, you know, you start to butt heads as a couple, you know. And um, I just think about how if we if we look at um, Revelation, the book of Revelation, you know, God says that... Um, all people, all tongues, all tribes will be represented, right? And so if if that's our identity in heaven, that's how he wants us to be here, right? Mm-hmm. And how are we bringing that and understanding that when we're in these relationships with people who are so different from us, you know? Um, I had an incident when I was dating um, this, this man again where, um, you know, I was sharing with him how in Asian culture we 
we sometimes, um, if someone asks us a question, we might not be totally truthful because we don't want to either hurt their feelings or we want to um, keep the peace in some way. You know, and that's, that's a cultural value that is kind of just embedded in Asian Chinese culture. And he immediately said to me, well, so you're just lying. <laughs> and we, we, had to, we had this conversation probably a good five times before he really understood that, no, I'm not lying. I'm not trying to um, you know, tell you something false. I mean, that's, that's on the face. That's what it looks like. But in a way, I'm trying to either protect you or protect our relationship or um, help us to you know, maintain some sort of harmony. You know? mm. And things like that, I think the subtle differences often get lost if we kind of jump to making a judgment about what's going on. Yeah, I love that. It's it's really helpful the way that you've identified, because um, I'm, I'm kind of hearing a couple of things there. Mm-hmm. There's identifying almost core values, like mm. core cultural values, yeah. and so understanding that idea of like in an Asian American cult, you know, family, I desire peacemaking. Yeah. Like I want to keep the peace. I want to um, keep someone else from experiencing um, any sort of like shame or. Um, keep them from experiencing something unpleasant. Mm-hmm. And so my desire to do that may trump my desire to be honest or, or maybe more forthcoming right. with something, right? right. Yeah. So I might withhold a little bit yeah. for the sake of keeping this yeah. as a peaceful, calm moment, yes. right? Yeah. Um, so that seems like a deeper cultural value. Mm-hmm. Then it sounds like there are these cultural traditions and habits. And so those are things more like maybe customs, yeah. right? How do I greet you maybe there's things like the bowing that I mentioned or um you know things like that 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 happen and so those are almost like physical markers or actions that we need to be aware of Mm -hmm. that might be present Mm -hmm. in another culture of course there's other things beyond that um when it comes to customs like you know what are some of your family traditions and um you know I'm thinking larger things of are there celebrations? Are there certain things, you know, holidays and things like that that you maybe honor within your culture that I should be aware of? And then the last one that I'll say, so it's like we have core values, we have these kind of cultural customs or traditions, and then we have cultural communication styles. Yes. And so I think that's another one uh, that can be influenced certainly by the core values. Yeah. Uh, but having a high awareness of how does this person communicate based on their ethnic identity, uh, that's something we should know because that might impact us if we have a very different communication style. Yeah. How do you reconcile different communication styles? I mean, I'm kind of throwing this as like a wild card question at you (laughs) as a psychologist, right? But, um, you know, when you, when you are, kind of engaging in a relationship with someone who communicates very differently than you, um, how do you move past that or through that or how do you kind of navigate those difficult moments? That's, that's a great question. And, um, you know, I, I think of this not just in an individual or, you know, in a, in a dyad between two people who are dating, but even on a systemic level of how do we communicate with people who are different from us, <laughs> right. you know? And... Um, I think the number one thing that's really missing in a lot of dialogue is the ability to listen mm. <laughs> and um, to listen actively and to listen and, and to really try to put yourself in that other person's shoes, right? Mm. So 
you know, Chanel, you and I have talked about this in, in terms of racial reconciliation and being able to really, um, yeah, listen to somebody else's experience without judgment, without trying to say, well, that's not my experience, right? And to kind of listen incarnationally. Mm. Um, and I think within a relationship, it's the same thing in terms of when someone presents something so different from what you understand, how are you putting yourself in their shoes? How are you trying to see things from this very different culture, right? right. And not based on assumptions that you have, not based on stereotypes, but really hearing what this person has to say. You know, and I think that that can be hard for a lot of people who um, either have not felt listened to, so they really want to be heard, or maybe don't have the skill of listening, you know, and um, yeah, I'm a psychologist, but I, I, so I'm a good listener in in some respects, (laughs) but you know, I definitely have my own uh, triggers and times when it's very hard for me to listen because I don't feel like um, the other person is, is trying to listen to me, you know. Uh, and I think that's that's where um, practicing humility is so important and recognizing that, you know, I think in any given relationship, we really want to be seen, we really want to be known, we really want to be heard. Mm. And um, in a cross-cultural relationship, I think, um, you know, it can be hard because if you are listening or or giving of yourself, it might feel like a loss in some way. It might feel like you aren't, you're losing a part of yourself, you know. But I think the beauty of a relationship is that reciprocity and being able to see that, okay, I'm understanding you and, you know, I, I desire to be understood by you as well. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's very rare that I get to be on this side of things. I love that I'm like talking to a psychologist right now because I feel, I was like, I just had like a moment um, therapeutically because no, I mean, what you said about the loss, I think that really was my experience. Mm -hmm. I remember like having these drag out fights with my husband where I'd say like, you know, it's just, it's not fair that your family does things this way. And that's not the way that we do things in my family. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it just felt like this real loss for me and real death to parts of myself where I was like, you know, I come from this family where, you know, my parents were separated and my mom was like a strong black woman and I speak up for myself (laughs) and nobody's going to tell me what I could, you know, and it was like, I felt like, oh, and so now I'm supposed to walk in here and bow and be quiet. And because we're the youngest in the family, we can't speak up. And my opinion's always been valued, you know. And I think it really did feel Mm. for a very long time Mm -hmm. like a loss. Mm -hmm. And I love what you said about starting to receive that and almost reframing it as an opportunity to gain something new. Um, Because then I started to, that was a a little shift that happened where... I started to experience, oh, wow, you know, I get to be part of this family that does things differently. And here in this space, I get to experience something new where the rest of my life, yes, sure, I can still be a strong black woman. (laughs) Nobody's going to tell me anything. Mm -hmm. But here in this home, when I'm with this family, um, I get to kind of take off my cape. You Mm -hmm. know, I don't have to be a super black woman. And I get to be the youngest sibling. I get to learn from the wisdom of my elders Um, I get to feel safe in a way that I didn't experience right outside of a family that had that level of kind of care and intentionality and how they related so yeah I think it's so beautiful to not um, get stuck in the place of thinking of it as someone's taking something from me by me being forced (laughs) Um, 
to act differently mm-hmm. and engage mm-hmm. with their traditions or their way of being mm-hmm. and to see it as like it's just one it's temporary it's you know it's momentary yeah. and there's something to be gained there possibly there's something to be gained there i think so i mean i i think that's why god created different cultures mm. right i i don't think that um that was an accident in any way and that we can we can take the beauty of these cultural differences like the things that you're talking about with uh, Nigerian culture mm-hmm. and in a way you and your husband can create your own culture and your own family culture that's a blend of your two backgrounds mm-hmm. you know and I think that's that's the goal um, and oftentimes we get caught up in wanting to win <laughs> right right and not realizing that actually um, two people are a team you know, and, you know, easier said than done, given that relationships are quite hard. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you so much for all that you've shared with us today. I, yeah. um, I really love what you were talking about in particular around listening. And mm-hmm. so I want to include just some resources that might be helpful for folks. So if you are listening to this today and you're really inspired by that, and you want to be a better communicator in relationship whether that means having some of these conversations around cultural differences or really having conversations about anything. Um, I want to include a little download for you on our website. So you can go to wedatemodern.com slash podcast, find this episode, and um, there will be a little download for you where you can grab some best practices in communication and some listening tips, um, how to listen. (laughs) And hopefully that will enhance and improve your relating as you go about dating. Um, But Jen, thanks so much for being here today. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to this episode. Remember, We Date Modern is a conversation and we value your voice. So add yours at wedatemodern.com or shoot us an email at info at wedatemodern.com.